The Productive Woman, Episode 98. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thanks so much for joining me. In this episode, we'll be talking about some small changes you can make that will reap big results in boosting your productivity. You'll find links and additional information in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 98. That's theproductivewoman.com slash 98. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks, an amazing cloud-based accounting service for small businesses. If you run a small business, either full-time or, or as a side hustle, um, you're going to be as excited as I was to see how FreshBooks makes managing business finances so simple, even for a non-numbers-oriented person like me. It starts with a super simple tool for getting invoices created, sent, and paid, and just goes on from there. FreshBooks has been offering a full month of unrestricted use to all Productive Woman listeners, totally free. You don't even need to enter a credit card for the trial. Just visit freshbooks.com slash woman and enter woman in the how did you hear about us section. And I think you're going to love it. So what does FreshBooks do? Why am I so psyched about it? I've been, uh, you know, I've signed up for an account and I've been kind of playing with it and trying out the different features. Uh, there's so much to it that for a small business is so useful. It starts with this very intuitive tool that makes it really, really simple to create and send invoices. It takes maybe 30 seconds to create and send an invoice. You can customize it by putting your own logo and, and tweaking the the color scheme so that the invoice reflects your brand and then you send it off by email. Uh, your clients can pay you online, which really improves how quickly you get paid. Uh, FreshBooks has the ability to let you see whether or not the client has looked at the invoice you've emailed and they can even send late payment rem reminders to your clients automatically, which means you're not spending your time chasing down clients for late payments. There's just so much there and they have tutorials you can watch that show how it all works. But there's more to it than invoicing. It has tons of other features to help keep your finances uh, very organized and just streamline that business side of running a small business, being a freelancer, whatever it is that you do. Makes it very simple to keep track of your expenses. Um, they have a mobile app, which I just love. It lets you take pictures of your receipts and then FreshBooks organizes them for you to process later. Uh, it, it, it can create um, expense reports for you, makes it very simple to get everything together for when you want to claim your expenses at tax time. Basically, everything you need to know in terms of tracking your cash flow, it's all kept in one place. It knows exactly what invoices you sent, when you sent them, who has paid you, who still owes you, what needs to happen. It also has a time tracking feature. So if you have a business that you bill by the hour, you know, and I, you know, this was something I noticed because as a lawyer, that's uh, what I do basically. I bill by time. FreshBooks has a, can be set up to handle your time tracking. 
it's extremely simple to um, to get set up and get started on FreshBooks, even if you're not a numbers person. I I actually had fun getting my account set up, and I, I think you will really enjoy the service that FreshBooks offers. As I said, they're offering a month, a full month of unrestricted use to all of the listeners of The Productive Woman. It's absolutely free. You don't need a credit card for the trial. You can just try it out and see how it works for you. So to claim your free month, visit freshbooks.com slash woman, and then be sure to enter the word woman in the how did you hear about us section so they know that I sent you. I encourage you to join me in exploring how FreshBooks can make managing business finances simpler, which leaves us more time to do the stuff we went into business for in the first place. So let me know what you think. All right, so for this week, I wanted to talk about some small changes that we can make that will really boost our productivity. And um, I came up with... 10 basic ones and then sort of a bonus one. So 11 small changes that we can make that will help boost our productivity and make our life a little bit better. And the first set of them uh, are sort of task management uh, changes. And the, so that's kind of a category of, of some of the changes that we could do. And I had a couple here that I came up with. The first one would be to separate your today list from your master task list. As you know, if you listen to the show for very long, I very strongly encourage you to have some place, whether electronic or paper, where you capture every project, every potential project, every idea you have, the information you want to have access to. I'm, I'm just a real big fan of keeping that captured somewhere outside of your head so that you can use your, your head for, um, you know, creative thinking. Uh, but when you, if you're like me, you have tons of projects or potential projects in your task manager. You know, I use a couple different task managers, um, Nosby for my law practice and um, OmniFocus for pretty much everything else. I've also been testing out Todoist because people uh, speak really highly of it, and I enjoy a lot of its features as well, but that's a side issue. Uh, I have tons of projects because if I even am thinking I might want to do something, I'll put a task into my task manager of decide whether to do X. And uh, that's a great thing because I don't lose these ideas, but it can be, honestly, it can be a little overwhelming and distracting if you have lots of projects, lots of tasks captured in there. And if every time you check to see what to do next, you've got tons of stuff in there uh, that can overwhelm you. So the tip here, the small change you could make would be to separate your today list. Um, and you can do that to have a separate list just for the day, you know, whatever day it is. Um, so like for tomorrow is going to be, as I'm recording this, tomorrow's Monday. So maybe I've got my full list of all my tasks in my task manager. But instead of looking at that, uh, to have a separate list for today, pull out the things that I'm going to focus on just today. And you can do that in most uh, electronic or digital task managers by using tagging or some other way to create a filter that gives you a view only of the small number of tasks that you must complete on a given day or that you want to complete. 
if you don't want to do, uh, you know, mess with creating filters, another way you can do it is simply look at your big list, pick the, you know, two or three uh, MITs, you know, most important tasks that you, you must or, or really want to get accomplished for the day. And write those down on a three-by-five card or a, a square sticky note, post-it note. Write those, just those three down and keep those with you, uh, you know, post it on your computer screen if, if you work at a desk or how, however you need to have it where you can see it. And so instead of going back and looking at your task manager and getting overwhelmed or distracted for that matter with all the other things that you could be doing, you have now made a decision. These are the two, three, four, five, whatever, not, not more than five, I would say. Uh, tasks that you uh, intend to get done for that day. You don't look at those things. You just, you made the decision. You've got them on your three by five card or in your today view of your task manager. And that's all you look at. And then, you know, if you you have a really um, productive day and you get all those things done, you can always go back to the the master list and pull out another thing to focus on. But really separating that out can really make a huge difference in your ability to stay on task, stay on target, and stay focused on what you want to get done for that day. So it's separate your today list from your master to-do list. Uh, Another task management small change that you could make um, that I really encourage and something that I'm going to be working on is to start a don't do list or a not to do list. Uh, interestingly, I had this on my, uh, in the outline already for this episode when I got a message from listener, Emily Prokop. I've talked about her before. She helps with the show notes and she's the host of classy little podcast. She sent me a message of sharing a couple articles she had found on this topic of creating a don't do list you know, culturally, we're encouraged to do lots of stuff, to get, you know, tons of things done. We have miles long to-do lists. We have tons of commitments. But the fact is that uh, time and energy and attention are all finite resources. We can't do everything. And the only way to make room for the things that truly matter to us is to cut away everything else Learn to say no to the things that don't matter so much. And we've talked about, you know, books um, that we, uh, that that I have read and uh, some of you have read as well that are helpful in that, you know, Essentialism being one of them, Greg McEwen's book, um, the other book about tiny habits, and I'll put links to those in the show notes. Um, but learning to say no to the less important things to create uh, is, is essential to really being productive in the sense that we talk about it on this show of doing the things that matter most and, and focusing on those. Um, uh, one of the articles that Emily shared with me had a quote in it that I love from uh, Warren Buffett who said, is quoted as saying, the difference between successful people and very successful people is that very successful people say no to almost everything. Um, very successful people, very productive people, people who are making lives that matter are better than average at homing in on those things that, that are most important to them 
that are most resonant with the values that they have and the priorities that they have established for their life and then cutting everything else out. The most productive people are those who intentionally focus their time, energy, and attention on those things that matter most. And by definition, that means saying no to other things. Um, that one of the articles, and I, uh, again, I'll have links to these articles in the show notes. I encourage you when you have time to take a look at them because there's some real, real good advice and, and uh, encouragement in them. Uh, but one of the writers is a name, uh, or articles was a, by a guy named Jim Collins who talked about a lesson he learned many years ago uh, in which, you know, someone spoke to him and, and uh, to help him focus in on what mattered most. And uh, for him, it meant changing a job that he hated, you know, he was spending tons of time on. And, and he describes what he called the 2010 assignment. And I'm quoting here. It says, it goes like this. Suppose you woke up tomorrow and received two phone calls. The first phone call tells you that you have inherited $20 million, no strings attached. The second tells you that you have an incurable and terminal disease and you have no more than 10 years to live. What would you do differently? And in particular, what would you stop doing? And, you know, that's if, if you have time and, you know, to sit somewhere with a cup of tea in your journal, maybe think about that. If you had $20 million but only 10 years to live, what would you stop doing? How would your life change? Uh, and that's one way of getting some clarity on what really matters to you. So you can create your own list of things you're not going to do anymore by focusing on those small things that impair your ability to get the important stuff done. And, you know, whatever those things might be, some suggestions for you from uh, one of the articles that uh, Emily shared with me that I thought was really good. This writer said, here's a list of things I don't do while working. This writer said, I don't schedule meetings in the morning. I don't listen to music or radio that has words. I don't look at my email until I've done 90 minutes of deep attention work. I don't treat emails from people I don't know as urgent. You know, there's that's something that I could work on. Um, she has several other things. She, she says, I don't answer my phone or texts in the morning because that that is the time that this writer has set aside to focus on the kind of work that really needs attention. So th- those are some great suggestions. Uh, another article suggested some things like uh, some other ideas of things to include on your don't do list. Uh, one of them being don't eat sugar for breakfast, like donuts or sugar cereal. Be, the the reason being you'll have a sugar crash two hours later, which makes it harder to focus and pay attention to your tasks. Uh, don't switch on the TV. Don't watch TV in the morning. It can grab your attention and make you late for work. Don't check your phone more than once per hour. Uh, don't have your inbox, your email inbox open all day. Uh, and you know, those are just a few things uh, that, that, uh, this writer suggested. So those maybe give you some ideas to start your own list in your notebook or in Evernote or somewhere of things you're going to stop doing to make time for the things that really matter. So those are, uh, uh, the first couple of, of small changes that you can make in your life to help boost your pro- productivity. Um, 
And those are kind of task management types of things. Another category of, of small changes that I thought about were changes in dealing with our stuff. Um, you know, we've talked in the past about clutter and how distracting it can be and how much time is lost. And so I'm not going to go into all of that de- uh, again in this episode, uh, you know, talking about the time that's lost in looking for things or sorting through the, the stuff or taking care of the stuff we have. So one of them, uh, one of these t- tips or suggestions for a small change you can make is to create a landing space in your home. A place where, and that this is a place where you put things like your keys, your phone, your wallet, or your purse, uh, those kinds of things uh, when you come home. It's somewhere probably near the entrance to your home, maybe a tray or a pretty bowl or something that you put these uh, put these things there always. You develop the habit of always putting it there. It keeps keeps the space tidier and saves time looking for misplaced items. And, you know, there are all kinds of numbers thrown out about the amount of time that is wasted looking for stuff that we've misplaced. This is one small change that you can do, uh, that you can make, that will help you be more productive by not wasting that time. The second one, and so this, I guess, would be number four on our list, is uh, to start a practice of getting uh, rid of two items from your house or office every day for a month. Just picking, you know, two things, whether it's throwing away something that you don't need anymore or putting it into a charity bag or whatever, but just spend a 30-day period of time Every day, you're going to get rid of two things, a book that you you give to someone else that you've enjoyed and, and now you think that they will. It's all about decluttering our space and um, making making space in our life and in our, uh, you know, in the, the space around us for more and better things. So this is something that I plan to do, uh, this this practice or to develop this habit. And you can certainly continue it after a month. But think about uh, if you do this, just two items every day for 30 days, you've gotten rid of 60 things that were taking up space both, um, you know, geographically, so to speak, and um, psychologically in your world to open up space for better things. So those are a couple of things. That's uh, number three and four. Uh, The rest of the changes really, I kind of put them in the category of habit changes. And um, in no particular order, these are are some changed, uh, changes to habits that can really, it's a small thing that can really make a huge difference in uh, our ability to be productive. And the first one is to turn off the notifications on your computer and your smartphone. Well, why? You know, why, why does that matter? And I'm talking about notifications for email, for text messaging, for social media, anything that beeps or buzzes or vibrates or pings, turning all of those off. And, and, you know, we can talk about the exceptions maybe that you can make um, because, for instance, uh, iOS devices, Apple's devices have the ability to designate certain people as VIPs and their notifications get through when nobody else's do. And so you can take advantage of that so you're not going to miss something truly important. But it's about taking control of 
your devices and of your communications instead of, instead of letting them control you. The fact is that um, all those pings and buzzes and, and beeps and rings and whatever are distracting us from getting stuff done. Uh, they are an interruption to our time. One author I read said it takes a minimum of 15 minutes to get back, get your focus back on a task after you've been interrupted. Another study said the average is 25 minutes. This is true of email and instant messaging on your computer, as well as all those other, you know, email, texting, social media, and so on on your mobile devices. Uh, one article talked about, you know, psychologists are warning that. Uh, and I'm quoting here, constant updates are a toxic source of stress and stress kills uh, productivity. Digital distraction has been dubbed in some, by some quarters as the defining problem of today's workplace. And, you know, our phones are the big heart of that. You think about anywhere you go looking at, you know, how many, how many times have you been sitting at dinner with family or friends or business associates and every few minutes or less, somebody, maybe you, maybe somebody else is checking their phone or something pings or something buzzes or, you know, it vibrates on the table and they look and, and our heads are down and we're not engaging with the world and we're not doing productive things because we're busy being distracted by these devices. Um, some studies have suggested that the average person checks his or her phone up to 150 times a day. You know, why do we do that? Well, the, you know, the, the theories are, the analysis is that it's partly a desire to feel connected and partly it's a stress reliever. There was a Baylor University study that found that compulsive phone checking was seen as an attempt to um, to reduce anxiety. And there was a study in Finland that found checking the phone and receiving those notifications pr produces what they called a reward loop in the brain that incentivizes us to repeated checking. It almost becomes addictive because it's that hit of dopamine, which is the pleasure chemical in the brain, that we get from that um, that message, that notification that somebody wanted our attention, something's happening, and it becomes this loop this uh, that our brain craves it. Uh, and the problem is there are proven negative effects on our concentration. Every t When we're working on something or having a conversation or whatever it is that we're doing, every time we're interrupted, there's something called context shifting that happens when you shift from what you're doing to look at your phone or look at the email that just popped up on your computer screen or whatever. And that context shifting slows us down. And, you know, going back up to where it says anywhere from, you know, estimates 15 to 25 minutes of lost time to get back our, our focus back on whatever we were doing every time we get interrupted. And if, you know, you're, checking your messages or checking your phone or just pulling it out and looking at it up to 150 times a day, that's a lot of lost time and a lot of lost productivity. Um, there was one article that I read in the Harvard Business Review that talked uh, about a new piece of research called the Attentional Cost of Receiving a Cell Phone Notification. There's a nice scientific title. But that study, um, that research reported that the, the um, vi vibrations 
of new notifications can distract us even when we don't look over there to see what it is. Just being aware that an alert is there can hurt people's performance on attention-demanding tasks. This is what this research said. In other words, the article kind of explained that even just the buzzing or the vibration, you know, how if your phone is sitting on a table and it vibrates, you know, you have the sounds turned off, but it vibrates, just that vibration causes the cognitive load, okay, a demand on our brain that interferes with our work or concentration, even if you don't pick up the device to check it or even look over at it. Um, the the writer of this article that did the talking about the research said even if you wait to respond until you finished what you what you're working on, the fact that you're aware of something waiting for you could be enough of a distraction to make you perform worse than you would had you not received the notification. I mean, there, there there's tons of studies. When I Googled this, uh, uh, just tons of articles came up talking about studies that have been done on this. So you know, what's the answer? Well, one answer may be a very small change, and that's to go into your computer or into your your phone or whatever and turn off all those notifications. And I mean, um, turn off the sounds, turn off the vibrations, even maybe the, the little badge number that tells you how many messages are waiting, turn all that off. Um, and that puts you back in control because you can then you can decide when you are finished working on the thing that requires your attention, you can then pick up your phone and check the messages and deal with them all at once. And then we get into the batch processing kind of thing. And we've talked in the past about how, you know, some of us can't just close our inbox and only check email twice a day. I'm one of those that when I have closings going on or uh, deals being, you know, we're hot and heavy negotiating a contract, I I have to be responsive to messages from either my client or the attorney on the other side. And so that's just the hazard I have to live with and find ways to get around the interruption that that causes to me. But if you don't have that kind of job uh, and, you know, really think seriously about whether you need to have those those notifications going all the time, or if messages that can come in can wait until you have decided to take a break from your focused work and look at them. Um, Alyssa Smith, a listener from New Zealand, wrote to me, and it was just so interesting because I already had this outline set up, and this issue, I mean, the very first thing I thought of for the small changes that can really boost our productivity was this thing about turning off the notifications. And uh, so I already had this in the outline, and Alyssa Smith from New Zealand wrote me an email, said some very nice things about the podcast, but then she also said, uh, shared some of her productivity tips and hacks. And uh, part of what she said was, notifications, I have turned these all off from my iPhone. What a massive difference to my anxiety. Besides texts and calls, I don't need a notification from any other social media. I can go into Notification Center if I want to see recent activity. I can go into Facebook and and others a couple of times a day. Um, and she talked also about a, a, a Chrome extension. If you use the Chrome 
um, browser. There's an extension called Newsfeed Eradicator that actually hides, she says, her, her Facebook newsfeed so she can only access it from her phone. So she, it's, it separates doing work on her computer and time, what she calls time wasting on her iPhone. Um, so, I, you know, great, great suggestion. Thanks, Alyssa, for sharing that because, like I said, I, it was something I was already thinking about and it's something I've learned to do. Uh, but I still have the habit of picking up my phone, so I'm, I'm still working on that. There are also some apps available that can help you stay focused if, uh, and avoid these interruptions from social media and, and various online communications. If you use a Mac, and this may be available for PCs as well because it's a, a web-based thing, there's an app called Freedom at freedom.to, I think it is. It blocks access to social media on computers or mobile devices for a period of time that you set. You just, you can't get into, you know, whatever you tell it you want to block, whatever websites are your particular bugaboo, maybe, you know, Facebook, Pinterest, whatever, you can block those for whatever length of time you select so that you can stay focused on your work and avoid that interruption. There are also apps for mobile phones. Uh, there's one called uh, Freedom Works on that as well. There's one called Off Time, and that's at offtime.co. And I'll put links again uh, for the, in the show notes for all of these. Um, that lets you Off Time lets you set specific periods of time on the phone when all your notifications are off. And this is available on Android and iOS. Another app that does a similar thing that you might want to check out is called Flipped, F-L-I-P-D, and that's at flippedapp.co, also available for Android and iOS. And then there's an app called Moment, which is available at inthemoment.io. This is only for iOS, but it's an app that automatically tracks how much you use your iPhone and your iPad each day. And if you're using it too much, you can set daily limits on yourself and be notified when you go over. You can even set it so that you're forced off the device when you're over your limit. So those are some things that can help with this small change of taking control of your online communications. Uh, so that's the first hap, or hap, habit change that I would suggest you consider. Another habit change, a small change that can make a big difference in productivity is to get up and move a little bit more. Maybe take a 10-minute walk at lunchtime or stand up and stretch for five minutes or even two minutes every hour or so. Uh, there are There's lots of scientific and medical evidence that prolonged sitting is bad for us. There, you know, people are saying that sitting is the new smoking. Uh, the, the health impact of a sedentary lifestyle. Those of us who work in an office or, you know, if you're a freelancer who works from home and is sitting all the time, it, it's it's not good for our health, but it's also not good for our productivity. It, it prolonged sitting leads to, it impairs our blood flow and that has, um, you know, direct physi- physiological impact on our brain. So increasing movement during the day improves the blood flow to the brain, which benefits our ability to think. And um, one, one of the articles that I read said, you know, kind of made the point that healthy employees tend to be more productive. When we, uh, another article I read said, and I'm quoting here, when we sit too long, everything in our bodies slows down. Um, 
even our mental fu- functions slow because we're not moving enough to pump much blood to the brain. So that same situation, it's very important to get up and move around periodically. And um, one survey of office workers that I read about showed very specific results for moving more during the day. Uh, and 21.8% of them said it helped them to be more productive. Uh, 26.7% said it aids concentration. A vast majority, over 72% of them said it made them feel more comfortable. You know, others talked about it, improvement to their energy and so on. So there's, um, there really is evidence that getting up and moving around periodically uh, there's, there was a really good Forbes article that talks a little bit about the science behind why just getting a little bit of movement uh, periodically throughout the day can boost your attention and your energy, and it offers some great suggestions for how to add movement to your workday. So, you know, whether you're an office worker or whatever, some of this, the tips that they offered were to take the stairs instead of the uh, taking an elevator. And I try to make a a point of if it's two floors, if I'm going, you know, only two floors or less, then I take the stairs. If it's more than that, you know, I'm usually in heels at work. And so if it's more than two floors, maybe I'll take the elevator. But um, taking the stairs is a very simple change you can throw in there to get more movement and uh, boost both your health and your productivity. Uh, this article suggests holding walking meetings. Um, so if you've got to have a meeting with somebody, say, hey, let's you know walk with me, whether it's around the building or uh, outside. Um, it suggests maybe sitting on an exercise ball at your desk instead of a chair so you're moving a little bit. So those are, you know, just standing up periodically. I have my, I wear my Apple Watch and it um, thumps me. It kind of vibrates on my wrist if I have been sitting for more for a full hour, then it encourages me to get up and move around. And I'll do that. Sometimes, you know, if I'm really busy, I maybe then I'll stand up at my desk and still typing at my computer. But just getting up, standing up and moving around a little bit can make a big difference. I try to remember when I'm on a conference call then to get up and kind of walk around, pace around my office while I'm talking instead of sitting at my desk. So just some things, there are small things that you can do to get just a little bit more activity, which will will make you healthier and boost your productivity as a result. So that's another one. Uh, another tip or a, a habit change that you can make, a small change that will make uh, yield big results for your productivity is to spend 15 minutes at the end of the, of the day setting up for the next day. Uh, if you're in an office or wherever you are, kind of tidy up your workspace. And most importantly, write down the three MITs, the three most important tasks that you need or want to accomplish the next day, and decide what's the first task you're going to start with in the morning. Make that decision before you leave the office or leave your workspace or whatever, you know, if it's, if you're work, a stay at home mom and you're caring for your, your family and your home, you, this applies to you as well to have that decision already made before you end your working day. And I'm kind of using air quotes so that when you get up in the morning, you hit the ground running already ready to go because you know what you're going to start with. Another small thing you can do to just, and this is really a mindset kind of thing, but it's also a habit, um, 
to be more aware of what you're doing and how you're spending your time is to set a timer on uh, to go off, say, every hour. And when it pings you, ask yourself, maybe while you're, you know, maybe you use that timer, that's your time to stretch, stand up and stretch or take a walk around the halls. Um, but while you're doing that, ask yourself, is what I'm doing right now the best use of my time? We get sidetracked into doing various things kind of without thinking. And so much of being productive and of making a life that matters is all about being aware and being intentional. And so you can develop a habit of being intentional if you, by, you know, using this timer to remind you to ask just that one question, maybe stick it on your computer or wherever you work to ask yourself whenever it goes off, all right, is this, what was I doing just now? What, and it, was that the best use of my time? Whether it's, was I surfing the internet and is that a good use of my time? Yeah, probably not unless I was specifically researching for a particular project or you, you may have been working on something, but is it the high value task? Is it one of your MITs that you, you know, wanted to get done that day? Or did you get sidetracked on something that maybe needs to be done, but is not as high a priority. It's just easier to do. So that's your chance to sort of reevaluate, refocus and, and start up again, working on the things that matter the most. To that end, or on that point, the the next tip that I had here was um, to make time and actually schedule time for your most important project. And this is a change for a lot of us. It's a small change, but it can make a huge difference. It's way too easy for uh, our days, or at least for my days, maybe you're different, but to, to get filled up with tasks and projects that may be important, maybe urgent, certainly, you know, they're the squeaky wheel that's getting attention, but they're not the most important. And the thing that really matters to us, whether it's a project we're very passionate about or a, a an important thing that we're supposed to do for work, but that's maybe difficult, those get sort of shoved to the side and we keep thinking, well, when I get these other things done, I'll get to that. And it just never happens. It just, you know, you go day after day, week after week and no attention given to something that really is high value to you, something very important to you, one of your long-term goals. So you need to be, to accomplish those, those really important goals, whether they're work goals or personal we have to be intentional about it. We have to do it on purpose. And so there are a couple of ways you could do that. One would, you know, small habit here, small change, commit to spending 15 minutes each day on your number one priority project. That thing you've been putting off that, you know, maybe it's just intimidating or, or you're afraid you're going to fail. All the things we've talked about on past episodes about why we don't do the things we really want to do. So commit to spending just 15 minutes a day. And that means you've got to break that project up into those tiny bite-sized pieces that can be done in 15 minutes, but schedule that time. Another way to do it is um, take on a, a, you know, make a commitment just for one week that you're going to schedule an hour or, or even just 30 minutes, if that's all you can do, of quiet, uninterrupted time each day for a week. Find that time, put it on your calendar, 
And that's the time you're going to use to work on a really important project. Or maybe, say you're a mom at, with small kids at home and you're just always going, you've got a million things to do and you never have time to rest. Or you're a busy professional woman and you know, same thing holds. You work all day, you come home and you do things all night and you never take time for yourself. Part of making a life that matters is having that time to rest and relax and reflect. And, and so maybe what you need isn't, uh, maybe you're doing just fine getting your high priority projects worked on and you're making progress, but you never have any quiet time. You never have any time to yourself. All right. So Maybe you decide for a week uh, you're going to schedule an hour or 30 minutes of time just to rest. Maybe while the kids are napping or if they don't nap, send them to their room to read a book and be quiet while you rest and have a cup of tea or whatever. If you don't want to do it for a week, maybe you just maybe you can start by carving out one hour a week for, uh, for a month. But to start to develop that habit of creating the time, whether it's for your important project or for your sort of me time, but but not just um, scheduling the time, but actually put it on your calendar, mark it in, block it out so no meetings get scheduled in, it doesn't get moved. This is a small change really, but it can make a huge difference in your productivity and in that sense of both of accomplishing the things you want to do and of making a life that matters. It's being intentional about finding that time, making that time for the things that we, that matter most to us. Um, and number 10, I haven't been following the numbering very well, but, uh, the number 10 task or, uh, habit change small change that can make a big difference is to stop multitasking and practice focusing on one thing at a time. We've talked about this before on the show. Multitasking impairs productivity. Um, the one article I mentioned before in the Harvard Business Report notes that multitasking imposes a heavy cognitive load and hurts performance on a task because our mental resources are finite and have to be allotted to discrete tasks, separate tasks. Multitasking doesn't work. We have this idea in our culture, um, you know, and I, I've even said it, you know, women are better at multitasking than men. We are better at sort of watching the kids and cleaning the house and doing, you know, something else all at this, talking with our friend on the phone, all sort of at the same time. But the fact is, the science is that our minds can only attend to one thing at a time. So if we are multitasking, and here I'm using air quotes, what's really happening is our mind is shifting back and forth very rapidly. That context shifting that I mentioned earlier, it is highly inefficient, it's mentally exhausting, and it actually impairs our productivity. So the change is to, instead of doing that, we need to practice setting aside distractions and focusing our attention on one thing at a time. And if you're like me, this is hard. We have the habit of you know, I sit down to read a magazine and turn the TV on at the same time, or I'm checking email and, um, you know, listening to a webinar or something, and neither one of them is getting adequate attention. So it's, make, we, we all could make a commitment to practice 
paying attention to one thing at a time. And that's whether it's a work task, a personal task, a conversation with a friend or a loved one, a writing project that we want to do, whatever it is, try to be more um, intentional about whatever it is you're going to do, just do that one thing and set everything else aside. Um, it's so important. And Alyssa Smith, who I mentioned earlier, the listener from New Zealand who wrote to me, um, she, she said something really wise in her email, that, and I asked for permission to share this with you. She says, overall, the ultimate lesson I've learned in my career and have only really started practicing in the past year is to just do one thing at a time. And she that, that just do one thing at a time, she put in bold print. Uh, she goes on saying, such a simple and seemingly obvious concept, yet it was like an epiphany. I am juggling many things, so a single focus on the task at hand is the only way to keep control. So I encourage you to stop the multitasking and practice with me. Let's you know commit to each other that we're going to work on paying attention to one thing at a time and, and not trying to multitask. So those were the 10 things. There was a bonus one that I really wanted to talk about because um, I just think uh, this is something I've been learning is so important to health and well-being and productivity. And and so the, uh, the bonus suggestion, the bonus small change that will, I truly believe, both because I've seen it and now I've done some research on it, will make a huge difference in your ability to be productive and that is to start a gratitude journal or a gratitude list. Um, interestingly, as I was preparing for this episode, uh, I did a Google search just on the term gratitude and productivity, and it showed thousands of hits for articles and blog posts and things discussing the connection between the two. Uh, there was an article that mentioned that the giving and receiving of thanks increases the release of dopamine, which I mentioned earlier. That's the sort of satisfaction, the pleasure chemical in our brain. Uh, Gratitude um, increases the release of dopamine, which means we are happier. And happy, content, satisfied people are better able to focus and work toward goals. Grateful people are more productive. And believe it or not, there is research to back this up. Uh, one art, The article I read in Inc. at Inc.com, and I'll put a link in the show notes, said this, in a long-term research project on the nature of gratitude, its causes, and its potential consequences for human health and well-being, uh, a couple of professors, I'm not going to, I'll put the quote in the show notes, uh, from University of California and the University of Miami, Miami have made some amazing discoveries. Participants who kept gratitude lists were more likely to have made progress toward important personal goals, whether academic, interpersonal, and health-based, over a two-month period compared to subjects in other experimental conditions. So just the act of keeping the gratitude list, um, those people were more likely to have made progress on their goals. There was another article I read uh, from HubSpot that cited research studies from Yale, Stanford, Harvard, UC Berkeley, and Columbia University, all supporting the benefits of gratitude journals. 
the Yale st- studies at Yale University showed that um, keeping a gratitude journal will result in higher alertness, enthusiasm, determination, and th- and energy. Uh, so, I mean, there's science behind this, uh, and. Um, there was a, a really great article on 20 Ways Gratitude Improves Productivity. I'll put the link in the show notes. Definitely check that out. So gratitude, being int- grateful, makes us happier, and therefore it makes us more productive. And of all the things I put on this list, this may be the most important one. And so how can you do it? It's, it's pretty simple. Get a notebook or start a list in Evernote or your favorite note-taking app. Put a piece of paper by your bedside table, however you want to do it, but start this list, and, and, and this is the homework, this is the assignment, to write down at least two things you're thankful for every day. Uh, the, just, just two things. And they don't have to be big things, whatever it is you find to be grateful for. I mean, honestly, I think the biggest benefit of doing this. And this is something I started a while back and I've talked about it before because I have a tendency both by, I guess, nature and by legal training to always see the things that are going wrong. I get paid to figure out what can go wrong and then figure out a way to avoid it. And so I have to intentionally remember to be grateful, to think about what I'm grateful for. And the great benefit of having a, a journal or starting this list wherever you put it is it motivates you to start looking for things to be grateful for so you have something to write down. And the fact is, uh, you know, and there's psychology, science behind this, we see in the world what we're looking for. And if we're looking for things that are wrong, we're going to find them. If we're looking for things to be grateful for, we're going to find those too. A, f- a friend of mine oh, a couple years ago posted something on Facebook that just it was so profound to me that I, to this day at my law office, have a sticky on my computer that's, that quotes her. She says, if you look for the good, you'll find it. And given all the science behind it and the fact that that the proof uh, from these research studies that grateful people are more productive. Probably the best thing you can do to boost your productivity is to simply start this list and start adding two things to it every single day. So those are my 11 small changes that you can make, we can make to boost our productivity. What do you think? Can you share a tip, maybe a simple change that you've made that's helped you to be more productive, whether it's philosophical or very technical? I would love to hear your thoughts on this topic. As always, you can share those a number of ways. Uh, there are is a comment section on the post for this show, the show notes, which is basically a blog post on the website. You find the show notes at theproductivewoman.com slash 98. You can also post a comment or question on the Productive Woman's Facebook page, or in I would love it if you would come and share your thoughts in the brand new private Productive Woman community Facebook group, and I'll talk about that a little more in a minute. If you want to share your thoughts with me privately, you can do that by emailing me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com or there is a button you can click either on the website or the Facebook page to send me a little voice message and I would love to hear from you. 
If you enjoy the show, as always, I would appreciate it if you'd help me spread the word. We've got some great things coming up in the Productive Woman community, and I I would love everybody to be a part of it. So tell your friends about the show. Show them how to subscribe to it. Share the episodes that you like on social media. There are sharing buttons right there on the website for any post, not just the most recent Uh, Any posts that you like, you can share it onto your own social media pages. And uh, I would love it if you'd consider leaving a review uh, in iTunes. The uh, link for that is also in the show notes at theproductivewoman.com slash 98. A couple quick announcements. I'm trying to be fast about this. Um, As I mentioned in the past, I am opening more mastermind groups starting in September, the week after after Labor Day. And these are paid, facilitated mastermind groups. A small group of women, won't be any more than five or six, that will meet weekly via video conference. I provide the platform. There's no, you know, you don't have to sign up for any subscription thing for that. Uh, For each group... There is also a private Facebook group for communication, questions, and support in between. I provide where it's appropriate handouts or cheat sheets or templates or forms that maybe are helpful or pertinent to what we talk about during the meetings. But these are small groups where uh, of women who are um, able to encourage each other in uh, making progress toward the goals that they set. It's very, it's a focused time to talk about what our goals are, what, what you're trying to accomplish and, and, uh, brainstorm solutions to when we run up against, um, uh, things blocking the way. So I, I have had so much fun with the current groups and really watching them develop relationships with each other and seeing the progress that they're making towards the goals that they set for themselves. It has been very rewarding to me and I'm really, really proud and happy to be able to offer this service. So if it's something you think you'd like to do, um, you can email me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. As I said, these are paid and I can give you more information if you send me an email. Um, and for the fall session, I will be including in the price one 30-minute private coaching call with me each month for those uh, participants who want. But you only get that through uh, if you're part of the one of the mastermind groups. So again, you can email me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com and just let me know you want some more information about the mastermind group. As I mentioned just a minute ago, uh, and I talked about in the past, I've been looking for ways to connect with you more directly. And I asked whether folks were interested in a private Facebook group. There was a response that made it clear that that this I wasn't the only one that thought this would be fun. So I just have created it just this week. Uh, this is a closed group that pe- nobody can see the posts except the people that are in the group. Uh, and it's just a place where we can meet up and interact more, ask questions, ask for advice of each other, you know, among the community, share resources that we think of, insights and encouragement, basically talk about productivity and how we can uh, help each other move forward on the journey of making a life that matters. I'd love it if you join the conversation there. It's brand new, so the group's just you know growing little by little, uh, and you can find it at, at facebook.com slash groups slash the productive woman community. 
um, again, link in the show notes, or you can just shoot me an email at feedback at the productive woman.com and ask to be added. That's pretty much it. Other than a special thank you to the sponsor of this episode, fresh books. Don't miss out on their free 30 day unrestricted trial of the amazing, uh, cloud-based accounting service by going to freshbooks.com slash woman and enter woman in the how did you hear about us section and thank you so much to FreshBooks for supporting the productive woman and that really is it for this episode of the productive woman thank you for being here and spending this time with me i hope there was something in it that you found helpful i look forward to talking with you again soon so until next time remember extend grace to each other and to yourself, and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.